It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Auburn had a rough weekend in the NFL draft. And you can blame Brian Harson, but not for the reason people are talking about. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked on Auburn your first listen every single day. Roger McCreary was Auburn's lone draft pick this past weekend. Whose fault was that? We'll touch on that as well as what his impact on the Tennessee Titans may be. As we'll be joined by Tyler Rowland, host of Locked on Titans. And Auburn, unforced error happened. We'll touch on that as well. Um, Kind of getting in their own way. But first things first, look, when something bad happens or when something doesn't quite go the way you want it to, everybody wants to blame somebody. We all want to point out whose fault is this? Who can we blame for this specific thing? And I think that happened over the course of the weekend. And most of the time, there is someone to blame, but not always. Sometimes it's just a bunch of different circumstances and they all line up together and you get an outcome that you don't want. Auburn had just one player drafted in the NFL draft this weekend. And it was a man that I love, Roger McCreary, Auburn cornerback, now Tennessee Titan cornerback. But there's been some drama, shocker, some drama among the Auburn football fan base about is this Brian Harson's fault or not? And I think you can blame Brian Harson. But I don't think you can blame him for, you know, the development of Smoke Monday and Zacoby McClain. I don't think that makes sense. He inherited them both late into their careers at Auburn. Smoke Monday, it's not Brian's, it's not Brian Harson's fault that Smoke Monday uh, did not ever look comfortable in pass coverage in 2021. That's not Brian Harson's fault. It's not Brian Harson's fault that Zacoby McClain didn't grow two inches since he became Auburn's head coach. But here's why you can blame Brian Harson for only one Auburn Tiger being drafted. Several players believe in what he's building and what he's doing at Auburn. There are several Auburn Tigers that would have been drafted this past weekend if they chose to enter the NFL draft. Colby Wooden would have been a draft pick this weekend. Derek Call would have been a draft pick this weekend. With the importance that the NFL puts on pass rush, Colby Wooden can do it from inside the tackles. Derek Hall led Auburn in sacks. Anytime a team, uh, you know, somebody leads an SEC team in sacks, they're going to get drafted. Several Auburn fans are like, what about Jeff Holland? There are other things at play there. Um, maybe Eculiota, probably more so next year than this year. Jalen Simpson's going to be a guy that the athletic matrix and analytics really, really like because he's so, you know, I mean, he, he's versatile and can move really well. Owen Papo would have been drafted. I know some teams would have taken him off their draft board because of his injury, but other teams would have checked him and made sure that he was good. And if team doctors gave him the thumbs up, they would have been interested in Owen Papo late. Maybe some of the offensive linemen, maybe Nick Brahms, Keandre Jones, Brandon Council, possibly just because of their experience. I think there's value in the SEC in that. But no, they chose to come back 
and be a part of what Brian Harson is building at Auburn. And we've talked to dudes on this team that chose to come back. John Samuel Shanker is another one. Where they come on this show and unprompted, they talk about how close this team is and how all of the crap that happened early in the offseason with Brian Harson potentially losing his job, it brought everybody closer. And they could have left, but they didn't because they believe in what their head coach is doing. And man, I think that is extremely, extremely important. And I think any Auburn fan would have taken the return of a John Samuel Shanker or a Colby Wooden or a Derek Hall or an Owen Papo. They would have taken another year of all of those guys at Auburn versus just seeing their name pop up at the bottom of their screen on Saturdays a day three pick. Right? If I'm off on this, please let me know. But I think any of you would have preferred to watch them in 2022 opposed to seeing them as a potential backup player in the league. And I just think it's very important here that we talk about not moving the goalposts. A year ago, we all agreed that what Brian Harson inherited was a bad roster at certain spots. Now, they were very strong at defensive back and at linebacker and defensive line and running back, but those are positions that Gus Malzahn consistently was able to bring in. But we were all kind of hoping, okay, can Brian Harson develop a quarterback? Can Brian Harson develop offensive linemen? Can they use talented wide receivers and scheme those guys open? That's what we were all holding on to. And for folks to be frustrated that Auburn only had one guy drafted, look, don't get me wrong, it stinks. It totally stinks. I love the NFL draft, and I want Auburn to be as much of a part of it as they possibly can. But it didn't happen. And it's not because Brian Harson's bad at building this program. In fact, I would say it's the opposite, that he's got these fringe guys choosing to return and be really good college football players and improve their stock because they trust Brian Harson. And with the world of the transfer portal, all of those names that I mentioned... Literally all of them, except for, I believe, Brandon Council. They could have transferred and played anywhere else. Actually, I think Brandon Council could have because his was a grad transfer. So all of them could have transferred and played somewhere else without losing any, a year of eligibility. But they chose to come back and play for Brian Harson, And they chose to come back and not enter the NFL draft. So we all know this was a build a year ago, and I think that's important. Don't move the goalposts. Now, Auburn did mess some things up over this weekend. And let's be clear, the messaging was bad. That's coming up. And then we will hear from Tyler Rowland, host of Locked on Titans, about Roger McCreary. But first, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that looks and tastes like a candy bar. Built Bars are delicious. They are all covered 100% in chocolate. And they have a flavor for everyone. They've got new ones. Uh, Let's see, where is it? Where is it? Banana cream pie, raspberry double chocolate, and of course, so many more, and they're constantly adding new flavors every single day. Every Built Bar has around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off. That is at Built.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30, 
Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right. Auburn messed some things up this weekend. Let's just be very, very clear on this. So if you're watching on YouTube, I am putting up a graphic. If you're listening on audio, the graphic that Auburn Athletics put out was the path to the draft. I'll start that over because I just tripped over myself. The path to the draft begins on the Plains. Not a good look. Not a good look. And as you can guess, with the reputation and just the internet itself, this has already been memed. But the path to the draft begins on the Plains. And of course, it's got the Auburn logo at the bottom right. It's got the NFL draft logo in the middle. And it's got Auburn's font and their branding. It, the, the graphic aesthetically looks good. But what it's telling folks, I think, is a little tone deaf, if I'm being honest with you. Auburn had one dude drafted in the draft. The first time this has happened since 2013. It's not great. It's not a great look. Corey Lemonier was the was the lone draft pick in that draft. And so moving forward, it's like, okay, I, you know, Bryant Harson's messaging, I'm big on messaging. If you've listened to this show for any amount of time, you know this. Bryant Harson's messaging has been consistent. He wants people to come to Auburn and then go to the NFL. Which of course every coach wants, but Brian Harson, I think, has been more clear in sending that message out there. And that never was clearer than with National Signing Day when these kids would sign their national letters of intent, their NLI, and Auburn would get word, and then he would get a card, and he would walk up to a podium, the draft music would be playing, the, the, the pick was in, and he'd read their name. And it'd be like they were drafting them to play for the Auburn Tigers. And the, the social media team on that, was it was perfect. It was the coolest thing as somebody who loves the draft, it's awesome. And also as a coaching staff that is promising development and upside and the belief in something past college as far as playing into the NFL, I don't know how else you kind of articulate and show them what you're doing. And you saw recruits that were signing, you know, quote tweeting and saying like, man, this is awesome. Oh, this is cool. Hey, come to Auburn. And so all of that messaging is fantastic. And I think with all these promises that Brian Harson's making these kids of saying, hey, come to Auburn, I'm going to work with you and develop you and make you an NFL draft pick, I believe him in most cases. In most cases, there's obviously some, some natural limitations and, and only so much he can control. But I think with a lot of these talented dudes that he's going to get on this team, I do think he will develop them. So why did they need to do that this year? I'm putting it up again. The path to the draft begins on the Plains. And so in a year where you knew at max you were going to have three, when Georgia had a historic year and had 15 guys drafted, LSU in a down year had 10, and Bama had seven. And it's just the path to the draft begins on the Plains. It's like, what? How are you, why are you leaning into that? <laughs> Support Roger, support Roger, maybe put messaging out that he was a three-star from Mobile, 
If you want to attract the mobile kids, I think that's something that you do. But this to me just seemed off. It just seemed off to me. And I think it was an unforced error. I really, really do. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, please comment down below. I'd love to hear people's thoughts on this. Reach out on Twitter and the Discord. But the path to the draft begins on the planes. That's not true right now. I'm not saying it, it won't be. But that's just not true right now. Now, if you would have thought that Colby Wooden would go and Derek Hall would go and you just had more draftable names in there, I think that'd be something different. But I just think big picture, the lack of awareness of what you're putting out there was bad. I, I, I would have loved to have been in the room when this was decided. Because I know everything over there has to go through a million different people and it's just like everybody signed off on that. And I'm just like, what are you doing? What is going on? Did nobody look at a mock draft or like big boards? It's just crazy. I thought it was crazy to me. All right, so before I jump into the conversation with Tyler Rowland, obviously some big news. <clears throat> Excuse me. Some big news on the Auburn basketball front. Bruce Pearl found a way to replace Walker Kessler, Janai Broom. Uh, one of the bigger transfer targets in the portal. He committed to Auburn during the draft. And of course, Auburn fans were excited about that because that was a win. I don't know if there was much winning for Auburn happening in the draft this weekend, so they latched on to the winning, and there's nothing wrong with that, despite what people may say. And so Janai Broom, a 6'10 presence, I think he can do a lot of what Walker Kessler does. I think he can impact boards with his size and his aggression. I think his, uh, his shot-blocking ability is there. He had a game last year where he blocked 12 shots in a game. Like, you love that. And with the hole, the massive hole that Walker Kessler left behind him, Bruce Pearl found a way to fill it. And so you look at it now, and it's like Auburn's roster is pretty close to being filled. We're going to talk about this a ton on tomorrow's show with Charlie Five. But, you know, obviously heads turn to what happens with Julian Phillips. Does Auburn feel like they have enough as far as, you know, a threat from behind the arc offensively? I think these are all questions that Auburn will have to answer over the next week or so, but... Be mentally ready that I think this roster is about finished. And I think that's a good thing. I think with the guards coming back and with the three, uh, Chance Westry is not being discussed enough. I think he's fantastic. I think he's going to be a really big part of this team offensively. So there's just a lot of dudes on this roster that I think folks should be excited about instead of focusing on folks that maybe had a bad 2021 season. But this is going to be a good squad, and it's about done. And Janai Broom makes it a ton better. Of course, Janai Broom, the big man from Moorhead State. Also, shout-out to the Auburn baseball team. Before we jump into this conversation with Tyler Rowland about Roger McCreary with the Titans, they won on Saturday. Of course, they lost on Friday. I mean, it turned into a home run derby with the Tennessee Vols. Uh, and then Sunday, I mean, man, they just uh, they fought tooth and nail. That was a close one, and props to those guys as they, uh, they fought hard. All right, before we jump into our conversation with Tyler Rowland, I want to tell you about betonline.net. They're the number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Check it all out at BetOnline, where the game starts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate. 
save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. And joining us now, Locked on Titans host, Tyler Rowland. Tyler, look, so I'm sure you have these guys that the Titans pick up in day three of a particular draft, and you're like, you just kind of become fond of them. It's like, all right, I think this guy's going to crack the roster, be a potential pro bowler one day. That was Roger McCreary for me, a, a former three-star guy. As soon as he stepped foot on campus, like, this guy is going to be something special. And my listeners are annoyed by how much I talk about and how much I love Roger McCreary. He's a Tennessee Titan now. I would love to know your initial thoughts when you saw, okay, the Titans are using their second-round pick on Roger McCreary. Well, I got to tell you, and as you know, I instantly texted you. Uh, I, I was a little confused. Yeah. No lie. I mean, I knew McCreary was a good player who's probably going to get taken in that second tier of cornerbacks. Right. But the Titans just drafted Caleb Farley in the first round last year. They also drafted Elijah Molden, who had a big role on the defense as a rookie last year. They drafted Christian Fulton in round two the year before that. So I was like, the Titans are going cornerback instead of wide receiver, offensive line, quarterback all the other things that they need. So I was instantly shocked. But as I talked to you, I dove into more of who McCreary is as a player. I thought more about how the Titans could use him schematically and how he could make perfect sense within the defense. Uh, it kind of became clear how good of a pick it was at 35. And John Robinson noted it in his press conference after the draft. Uh, the cornerback run went pretty hot and heavy yeah. after the Titans picked McCreary. So if they didn't pick him, they probably weren't going to be able to to get a cornerback of his level. So uh, you got to like the pick, you like the value, and I think after thinking about it, he could fit very well within the Titans' defense. So, so what do you think that looks like? Is he an inside corner? Didn't play a whole lot of inside at Auburn. Did play inside when asked to at senior bowl practices. Do you think that's what he's going to be asked to do? Will they try him at outside corner? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that I think in a situation where you have Caleb Farley on the outside and you have Christian Fulton on the outside on the Titans defense. And I think in a situation where Caleb Farley's rehab from a torn ACL doesn't go as planned or Caleb Farley did struggle even when he saw the field last year when he was healthy. If he just doesn't go as planned in general, then McCreary probably has the ability to go out and play some outside corner. But I think in his in his rookie season where he could truly have a defined role. So what the Titans like to do is they play Elijah Molden from Mer uh, from Washington, drafted yeah. last year, as their slot cornerback. In the NFL, it's mostly sub-package. There's not a lot of base being played. It's sub-packages with four down linemen, two linebackers, and five defensive backs. So when the Titans have to go to sub-packages and nickel on early downs, they bring Elijah Molden in as the slot corner so that he can defend the run, fill the run, blitz off the slot, play some zone coverage, what he does well. Well, on third downs, they would take Elijah Molden out of the slot and off the field, and they would bring in veteran Buster Screen because he was more adept as a man cover corner in the slot, and then they would leave their two outside guys. Well, I think that McCreary has the chance to be that third down passing slot for the Titans where he could play one-on-one -on -one man coverage in the slot on passing downs, on third downs, and, and kind of take that, that role over for Molden as the kind of tag team on the slot for the Titans. So that's how I profile him into the Titans defense. I think he could carve out a role in year one. And then, you know, as things go with Farley in the two outside corners, he could potentially have a role outside if needed. I think he has the potential to do that. But early on, I see him in the slot on passing uh, passing downs and passing situations for the Titans. Do they typically do some bump and run, play the slot guys closer to the line of scrimmage? That's where Roger was his best. I mean, obviously he can learn mm -hmm. and adjust, but... Um, how do they typically use those kind of defensive backs? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. So the Titans do do a mix of things. Of course, they're a uh, versatile defense, a very defense. They run cover six. They run cover four. They run man. They run zone. They, they vary it all up. But, but also, when the chips are on the table, mm-hmm. the Titans play man coverage. That's what Mike, and he even said that in his press conference after the draft, talking about Roger McCreary. He was saying, you know, we want to mix it up. We want to play zone, blah, blah, blah. But we want to be able to play Man, and we think this guy can come in right away, be in the slot, press cover. One thing I love about McCreary is his transitions, his his press man transitions. When he he's obviously in a, in a, a backpedal situation at first, he's pressing backpedaling, and then as he flips his hips to run with the receiver, man, he is smooth and yeah. fluid in doing that. So although he doesn't have the longest arms, the physical nature, the strong hands, the ability to get up in somebody's chest and then to turn and run with them out of that. That all makes him a, a a great option as a slot corner who can press, and the Titans ask their their slot corners to press a ton. Talk about you know how how the Titans fan base reacted to the news that Roger McCreary would be a second round pick for you guys. Well, uh, I, I love that. That is so classic journalism. Um, talk about why uh, <laughs> just classic classic stuff there, professional. Uh, well. Uh, I think that the fan base was, like me, a little confused. Uh, didn't really see a need at cornerback. You thought maybe they would add some depth there at some point in the draft, but to use a pick that early yeah. on cornerback, when it seemed, you know, again, this all comes back to Elijah Molden. Elijah Molden was awesome for the Titans as a rookie. He was just great in his role. And by the end of the year, he's one of the best players on the defense. So everybody loves Elijah Molden. They like what he's doing and thinking he's going to increase his role this year. So, to come in and say, hey, Titans might have made this pick to take Molden off the field on third downs. Well, a lot of people like me reacted to that like, wait a minute, wh- wait a minute. Yeah, why, why would, would you take, take him off the field? Right. Molden off- but think about the way that Molden was used and think about Molden's skill set. And again, like I said, they take him off the field on pure passing situations because he doesn't have the press man, man coverage skill set. And I think that there's a chance that Elijah Molden, who has some safety abilities, could be slowly converted to it because the Titans have a Monty hooker who played at Iowa. He's their starting safety along with the first team, all pro Kevin Byard. Well, Monty hooker is going to be a free agent after the year. And it's no secret that the Titans cap situation is a little murky. So if they have to let a Monty hooker go, because he could get a big deal. He's a very good safety and a very underrated player. If they have to let him go, Elijah Molden, who has some safety skills, could need could potentially be phased into a safety role, which would then open up that slot every down role for McCreary by year two. So when you look at it, not just for this year and this role, but you look at it for next year, and I kind of intimated that sentiment to the fan base. And I don't want to sit and talk like I speak to every Titans fan, and every Titans fan in existence listens to what I say. But you speak to a know, lot of them, though. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, it is the number one ranked Titans podcast Let's go. in the world, proudly say. Let's go. Locked on Empire. But, That's right. Um, I, I think after fans kind of got a whiff of what McCreary's role was and what his skill set was and how that could make sense in the Titans defense and what kind of role he could play, I think fans were like, yeah, this is a good pick, good selection. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the world of Roger, I think you're going to really like covering him. I, I, I'm fascinated to see how they use him. Um, I think he's an outside guy, but the arm thing may limit him. I mean, you know, I think some some staffs are going to look at that. And I mean, I heard some staff say that they just took him off their boards altogether with his arms being two inches too some short and mobile. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some and, teams and have length requirements. Right. 
Yeah. And if that's what you need, if that's what you're looking for to build your team, then Rodgers not it. But yeah, I mean, sure. just, you know, what he did in the SEC, I thought was really, really impressive. And so a um, lot of a uh, lot of Auburn fans became Titans fans over the course of the weekend because he was our only guy. They got drafted. So um, everybody's Absolutely. all fired up about uh, Roger. So if folks want to follow Roger and follow the Titans, what's the best way for them to do that? Obviously, the Locked On Titans podcast, five days a week, breaking it down. Locked On Titans YouTube channel. Subscribe over there. Uh, my crazy musings are on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans. Tyler Roland, that was fantastic. Yeah, he and I communicate a lot with just kind of behind-the-scenes Locked On stuff, so it was cool to actually do a, a show with him. That was fun. That was fun. So, yeah, be sure to check out Tyler Roland. If you enjoyed his comments, let him know on socials. I think that would go a long way. Would really, really appreciate it. Tomorrow, it will be a Charlie Tuesday. As Auburn message board legend, Charlie Five joins us to talk about Janai Broom, the Auburn basketball roster, and I got a feeling he'll want to talk about Auburn's messaging situation as well. So all that and more on tomorrow's Locked on Auburn. See ya. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.